welcome to Tips Not Included, where we talk all things hospitality. This is your host Giovanni hitting you up all the way from Wellington, New Zealand. Today on the show we have Bobby Bobby Lloyd. Bobby Lloyd. And I don't I don't I didn't know your last name. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm having trouble with this because every time I have somebody on the show, it's like, what's your last name again, man? Am I pronouncing yeah. it right? Like I think I got it. Is this this? Like it happened yesterday uh, with Max. Okay. Where I thought it was Max Roberts, and it's actually Max Roberts hyphen. Like his last name had two parts. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I apologize, bro. <laughs> like, I don't mean to butcher your last name. I know you have a lot of integrity and a lot of like honor with it. it, it it's weird. I don't know. But yes, Bobby Lloyd, dude. Welcome. Bobby Thank you for taking time out. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Um, it's hard for me to kind of like tell the audience exactly what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't understand it, but more so... How do I even name it? What exactly it is that you do? What are you working on? What's your, what's your, what are you all about, basically? Yeah, cool. Um, honestly, it's hard for me to describe that <laughs> too. It's it's quite it's 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 an odd one, um, especially as it's evolved recently. Um, so, what I'm calling myself, um, I guess, is a sustainability designer. Designer, okay. Yeah, um, and that's partly because I have multiple projects on the go that are happening right now um, and more to come that are somewhat linked, but um, the main theme going through it all is sustainability. Um, so, so um, and uh, hospitality um, is a main part of, you know, three of the projects that I'm currently working on, um, which is massive, yeah. So I guess I, on my business card, it actually says sustainability consultant, um, but I like designing things and I design products, services and, kind of processes and systems for different businesses so I guess sustainability designer let's go with that I like that although con- I like I like that you have your business card says consultant because mm. I mean I- I'm not saying that a designer doesn't have accessibility I mean or we don't have access to designers but when you put yourself out there on your business card as a consultant it makes me feel comfortable being able to reach out to you yeah to be able to consult on certain things that I might be ignorant or about or need help whereas in designer i feel like i don't want to interrupt him he's designing like he's working on something yeah yeah you, yeah. you know what i'm saying maybe it's just me no 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 I, I get what you mean and it's fully intentional to do that um, um that's why i have consultant on my business card right I'm, I'm, i was considering changing it but um to design it but i think it leads people astray um, um and and yeah, when people hear designer, it can mean so many different things. But designer, to to me, even when I see it, right, means um, like digital design or um, or even um, graphics design, fashion designer, fashion design. Yeah, all these different creative things. Yeah. And not to say that my work isn't creative, but it's just designing different things like systems and products. So it's um, so I kind of stray away and go consultant so that it appears quite professional to the large organizations that I work with but then also accessible in terms of advice giving to other people. True, it, 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 it gives you the leeway to be able to split your your projects and your works in two different directions. You can definitely consult people, consult businesses, especially those within hospitality, to take, you know, to take a deeper look into sustainability and you are able to be there by helping them, providing them a service. But yeah. then at the same time, you're also providing the tools to help them with that service. Exactly, yeah. You know, That's, not only the knowledgeable, but the actual physical, like, tangible, like, here's what you need to be more sustainable, mm. you know. 
you're right, it's, you know, it's making people aware of maybe the impact that they're having or not having, um, um, giving them actionable steps to you know, improve some of the things that they're doing um, or celebrate them. Sometimes they're doing awesome stuff, right? And I just assess what they're up to. And then also, um, give, so give them those steps and then give them the tools. So like you're saying, they, they may be a product or a service or a, even a person um, that they need to get them in the right spot or the right direction or where they want to go. So, so, so it's, it's, quite, it's funny. It's a, um, I've come from a different world. Like the, from, um, what was your background before? To, to what I do now. Yeah, so I... Um, I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about it. I, I've known you for, for a little bit now, for a couple of months, and I don't think I've ever really dived into a conversation about, hey, what's your path? What was your other life about? Tell yeah, no, about I know it sounds like a What happened life. before you became a sustainable superhero? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not all roses, I guess, um, as, you know, everybody has got a past. But um, mine's come, it's quite funny because I talk about the circular economy a lot and, like, having circular systems, and my life has come kind of done that it's become it's come full it's a circle. reflection of that yeah no shit so okay. so i studied politics philosophy and economics at university which is like pretty you know it's it, it's kind of centered around sustainability and like it is i mean set up for that shit and then um i kind of i had a little bit of a foray and um in a startup company and and, a, and like helped out this um, clean energy company and stuff and then after that i went into property development so like the complete commercial property development, I built a fucking petrol station, right? Like so I Out of all things and a bank. Like so I went from, you know, finishing uni to doing this cool, awesome stuff that I'm I still am passionate about. Um and you can see why now. And then um and then I kind of flipped to commercial property development. And that was because I love I understand building, I love making furniture. So then um so my life um of understanding that and wanting to climb a corporate ladder, so what? Turned into commercial property development, and then I um, quickly hated that. <laughs> After three years of earning good money and spending it all, because I didn't like that job. Fell out of love with it, or you just didn't like it? I didn't even like it from the start. I liked the money and the fast lifestyle and the drinking and the you know the the, the shit that came along with it. But um, the corporate shit, environment, I hated it. The like spending, it wasn't my money. Like that, you know, it wasn't my building. It definitely was not my petrol station. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Good thing it wasn't. Yeah, I know, dude. Yeah. Big guilt uh, trip there. Like. Yeah, but it was just the big pressure situation of building a building I didn't give a fuck about. Or like the, you know, earning all this money that I didn't care about. So, And then I took a step back and was like, you know what, what do I care about? And and, and it was the environment. I loved the environment. I spent the majority of my time in it, you know, surfing, running, skating, whatever. And then, um, and then people, I connect with people massively. Like you can, you can tell yourself probably that I'm a huge extrovert. So yes, I connect with you. I appreciate get, that. Get energy from you and you do the same. I can <laughs> yes. feel it. So 100%. I yeah. appreciate it. There's people, sometimes you, you walk up to them and yeah, they'll do small talk and then they just kind of like quietly simmer down and like, okay, I'm going to go away now. <laughs> yeah. And you respect that, right? You're like, sweet, but I can tell, um, you and I have the similar energy of, um, we, you know, the similar vibe that we get energy off other people. So it's, it's awesome to see. Um, and I noticed that and I was like, you know what, how can I combine all this uh, sustainability consultant that it, it became? Um, well, it's true because as a consultant, you're, you are dealing with people on the daily. You know, you, you are providing a platform for them, for their sustainable needs. But at the same time, you have to get up there and you have to teach yeah. You know, you have to let them know about this information that they don't know about so they can then put the work and time in so they can, I don't 
be more sustainable within their workplace yeah. or their lifestyle, their their goals. Yeah, yeah. And sure. it, you know, the consulting part allows you to still be a people person while still being able to achieve your goals and the things that you wanted to do within sustainability. It's, you're exactly right. Yep, that's it. And 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 I'm super lucky to have that. You know, to be comfortable in that scenario, like to be comfortable talking to people, to be comfortable. It took me a while to be comfortable talking in front of a lot of people. I'm yep. a lot better now. I've been, you know, I've had a few situations where I've talked to 50, 60, 100 plus people, which um, super scary at the start. Now, uh, you know, pretty confident doing it, which is, um, and, and I realize how much energy that gives me. So the ability to build on that um, in a career, awesome. And something I care about, you know, so it's like a, it's, it's a bit of a win-win at the moment. I mean, tough, tough going first nine months. I've, I've, I've only been doing it like not even nine months. Not even a year. Not even a year at all. Wow. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, I took a bit of time out at the start of this year by myself and just like lived by myself for three months and like kind of chilled out. I, okay. um, and then um, kind of put some actions in place and then have been actioning them ever since. Um, so yeah, it's been a whirlwind, but love it. That's, that's crazy. That's I, I never would have imagined that you've been doing this for like nine months. I genuinely thought you've been like on this for two years and you've been, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm so confused. I, I know you, you work for a sustainability consulting company or do you, are you self-employed no, consulting? Self-employed. So yeah, so I have my own com- company. It's called Bobby. It's just my name. Um, Which is fine. I love it. It's, yeah, yeah. it's simple, but it's straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was kind of thinking of names and all this stuff and all these corny puns keep coming out and ironic shit you know like so i was just like fuck it I, just my name's fine and so it's a sustainability agency is what i'm calling it and off that uh my projects that i'm doing so i employ uh, i'm self-employed as, as a sustainability consultant and then i have a few other companies so i have um you know or initiatives reusable is one of them and then mindful menu which is um sustainability within within hospitality big initiative i'm doing there then there's a few other smaller projects that I'm doing in like construction and fashion and actually some general business sustainability as well for like office places or different supply chains and things. Yeah. So take, take me, take me on a tour with this. Cause, okay. So you obviously you are self-employed and you have a sustainability company, mm-hmm. consulting company, creative, etc. So taste, uh, what was the, Hospitality consulting. Oh, mindful menu. Mindful menu. Yeah. So mindful menu is you teaming up with a restaurant or a yeah business owner or yeah yeah. Artist, so 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 it was born. Um, and this is where hospitality is really tied into what I do a lot. Um, I love it, and I think New Zealand has a long way to go. Um, and our appreciation of service is atrocious, I think, and compared to the service that's actually given. By the way, I love that you say that because. I I consider myself somebody from the outside looking in because I'm not from New Zealand. So, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that's very clear. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, outside looking in, at least for myself, I can't speak for other people. I feel that New Zealand is a very progressive country in the way they go about their politics and their, hmm. you know, the things that they they offer as as a country to the community, socially, in terms of quality of life. Yeah. So for you to sit here and tell me that New Zealand has a long way to go speaks highly of where they're at, even though they're considered a progressive country, how far we have to go as a global community from yeah. where we're at to where we need to be. 
massively. I, I mean, absolutely. And I, and I think that, I mean, where we need to be is still moving, you know, like that, that, that progression and appreciation of service at the level that it needs to be is never going to be achieved. It should always be moving. Like, I mean, can, we should always be continuing to improve and strive. The moment we set a target to, you know, pay people this much and then we set that and achieve it, there's no like desire to do better and go more and go higher. You know? So setting targets sometimes is counterproductive in a situation like this. Yeah, because we have to. We at the moment, if I mean, if we're being realistic with global warming, we we are on a time crunch. Yeah, absolutely. And and to you know to catch all like I mean, yeah, climate crisis is like the existential threat to everybody in mankind. Right? It's gonna humankind. Sorry, it's gonna bring us all together. Um, in the face of this hyper adversity, right, which is our livelihoods, humankind. So, but at the same time, we should be looking at all the other shit we do. It's you know, like we have an opportunity now to look at ourselves and be like, yeah, we're not performing on the climate level. Also, where else aren't we performing? You know, we're not including everybody. We're not. Um, uh, there's massive divide within 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 representation of different cultures and demographics within society. Or gender. If- different uh in this case different uh business branches or hospitality in this case you know huge it's just misrepresented undervalued and um and uh, i guess very transient and not respected in new zealand especially here it's a bit different when you have um it's quite it's quite good it's tips not included yeah yeah so it's quite good because we don't fucking tip here right (laughs) yeah that's true i mean it's it's a name that i i came up with it in New York, uh, which is this, which is what I what I think my home base is. It's mm. where I live when I'm not living in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm. Um, and yeah, tips not included is just I don't know. It's just what I felt. It's just raw and real, and this is what it is. And yeah, you know, um, and that I mean that works both ways with the um, you know the customer and the service provider or the person working service, like they're um, whoever it may be there. Yeah. A tip incentivizes uh, or helps the customer appreciate the service that's going on, but it also provides an incentive for the server to, to work harder for that tip. Yes. So it's a, it's a you know it's a, it's a double-edged sword that we have neither edge of in New Zealand because this hardly ever tips. You know, it's very rare. So the, I mean, there's like shared ones over different bar situations. Yeah, there's a little tip jar that you can just drop your coins in, which is what most people do. Like you'll have your occasional diner maybe every couple of days or I mean it really depends on the restaurant here in New Zealand but you know they'll drop in a few coins or they'll be mm. like oh everything was lovely thank you so much and they'll drop a, a note in there mm. you know and that's pretty cool a note is what they call we call bills they call notes here yeah 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 um, and yeah that happens but for the most part yeah we, we work six, seven, eight hours not expecting a tip because that's just the culture here yeah, which is fine uh, it's just the type of employees that you get are a mixed breed you have those that are passionate about it you have those that are learning to be passionate about it and then you have those that are just getting by yeah you know whether they're college students backpackers or just somebody who needs a job for the moment you know so you you have this collective coming together of different people and they don't they're not all incentivized by the same reasons whereas in within a tipping culture you can argue that one is better than the other. That's, I don't think that one is better than the other. I think no. they're equally okay. It just depends on what your take on take on it is and what you expect from your time investment. But 
within a tipping culture, yeah, you have an incentive, a personal incentive to like wanting to go the extra mile, to wanting to make sure that everything within service goes perfectly. Yeah. You know, greeting the table, greeting the customer, providing water. What kind of water would you like? You know, it, it, it not only does the service has to be on point, you start looking for strategical ways to upsell. You don't want to upsell in a dick way to just kind of like have the customer spend money. Yeah. And people assume like, oh, well then that you're just gonna sell, sell, sell. I could do that, but then I'm gonna be hurting my service. Yeah. And I want my quality of service to be on par with my upselling skills. And they may not come back, you know. Like and they might not come back because yeah. they felt like they're being taken advantage of. Hmm. So, you know, it just at the end of the day, it depends on your needs of what you want out of the industry. Yeah, Some people sure. look for knowledge and experience. Some people look for money. You yeah. know, they need to get by and get pay the rent. You know, that's it. Even so, like the um, an example of um, uh, this, I'm just kind of spitballing a, 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 an idea in my head as you're talking. I was thinking, if you were to have tips, right? It, it, it kind of um, you put a smile on your face. You 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 go and you you deliver the best service, even if you're in shit mood, right? Or yeah. if you or if you're fucked off or you hate that custom or something right you're like fuck it i gotta earn this tip because this is quite important for me right now i've got a bill coming or i want to go do this thing or travel or what you know you, there's various reasons but tipping actually offers the opportunity for someone who might be in a bad mood or someone who typically doesn't like their job to pretend uh, this may sound really weird but to to be happy for that moment and then feel how good it feels to be happy for that moment, even if it's in a fake way for that second. You're gonna get a good response from people if you're happy and if you're smiling. You know, it's gonna be reciproc reciprocated back to you. Yeah, you smile to someone, you see them smile back. You walk on the street; it doesn't happen enough here in New Zealand, I don't think either. But even a quick smile at someone, well, you get it back pretty quick. You know, you'd spread that shit, and it's awesome. And then in service, I could see it happening. Whereas New Zealand, we don't get given that. Well, the service providers don't get given that opportunity to. Um, you know, go out and try and earn that tip because, and then, uh, and be happy for that moment. Whereas they're like, fuck it, doesn't, it's not going to make a difference if I'm unhappy or happy in the service situation because I'm going to get no tip anyway. It's, it's crazy. So like, why would I try and be happier right now? You know, and then, so if you, and then also in the tipping culture, if people do try and be happy and they see a good response, it'll incentivize them to do it more. Not just the money, but they had a better time. It's crazy that you, you mentioned that because... I, I find myself here sometimes going to work with nothing really in the back of my mind. And I don't mean that in a bad way or a good way. I'm just saying like, I, I gotta go to work. I go yeah. in at six, I go in at seven, I go in at whatever time I go in. Thanks. Whereas in, oh, no worries. Whereas in back, back in the States, I would set a goal for myself. Let's say I'm working on Tuesday night. Tuesday nights tend to be fairly slow compared mm -hmm. to the weekends, right? Yeah. So I'm like telling myself, all right, it's getting me slow. Um, how can I make the most of my night, of my shift? So I, you know, because of my experience working within that space and that place, I know exactly more or less how much money and tips I'll make on a given night. So I, I tend to give myself a, a number, a goal. Like, okay, I'm going to try to make X amount of dollars tonight in tips. Hmm. How am I going to do that? If I don't have as many covers coming or as many packs as they call them here, walking through the door, I make the most out of every table. I make the most out of every guest. How? I go the extra mile. Whether it's upselling a bottle of wine, mm -hmm. whether it's adding appetizers, which is what you guys call entrees. Yeah. Uh, maybe dessert, coffee, tea, 
maybe a nice little chat if I don't have many tables, five minute chat here, maybe a two minute chat there. You kind of get to know the customer if they want to. Yeah. Of course, they allow you the opportunity or you have the extra time to maybe do a couple of extra special things with the things that they ordered. You know, maybe let me do this with their drink. Let me go do that with their dessert or their coffee. Yeah. You know, you have a chance to go out of your way and go the extra mile, provide an outstanding service. Not saying that you won't provide outstanding service to other guests on other days, but as we all know it in service, if you are on a time crunch or you have limited time to be able to, you know, provide a certain amount of quality service, then you do what's expected at the best of your ability. Yeah. Now, when you have the time, then you, you can wiggle with that. And then, you know, you try to get those checks numbers up, get the service a little bit better. So you try to find ways to make more money by providing better service yeah. with what you have, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, here you're not going to see somebody wanting to say like, oh, it's Tuesday night. Like, let me, let me make the most of it for the service, for the guest experience. Yeah. That's not the reality of it. People here... They might go to work in a good mood, but they don't really have a goal other than having a good shift. Yeah. Unless you have, you know, your manager and you have a to-do list when you get to work. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a different sure. story. It's kind of pushed. And then the, um, I guess the promotion and like draw card for the restaurant is pushed outside, right? Because if you're not making tips or any extra money, you're trying to get, so then you, you can't, well not much more money is going to come from the people within the restaurant. So then you've got to get people from outside the restaurant inside. So then your marketing comes off the floor and is focused on ads and shit on the outside. And then service kind of dwindles a little bit. So mm -hmm. there's a weird paradox, eh? Like where you put your yeah, energy and effort into the marketing because the people, you know, it, it's the people that are the most important part. The, the, the people who work in service, the team, the, 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 that work with you. So. 100% agree. And, and now that we're on that, because we were talking about sustainability earlier, I wanted to, I, I just thought about this. So I feel that I had a previous conversation with you a while back and how you mentioned that a lot of restaurants in New Zealand don't recycle, not because the owners or the managers don't want to recycle or they don't support recycling. Yeah. It's that they just don't have the means to add to the overhead expenses. Yeah. Recycling is an expense for most restaurants in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. So if you want to recycle, you got to take out of your pocket to recycle, yeah. which is what limits, you know, sustainability within the hospitality community. Mm -hmm. So in the States, uh, tipping culture allows for separate minimum wage for tipped employees. Mm -hmm. There is a federal minimum wage and then there's state minimum wage for tipped employees that allows a business to pay these individuals a lower minimum wage than your standard individual outside of the tipping culture. Yeah. So this allows the employer to able to utilize that difference in expense and reinvest it, of course, if the owner <laughs> wants <that>? to. <laughs> yeah, responsible. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the owner then can reinvest this, these financial savings into other things that he might feel are, bet, are, you know, are good for the business. Yeah. Assuming that in this case, it's sustainability. So I'm like, okay, I'm saving money on paying my employees because this is what the law requires me to pay them per hour and then they make up the difference by tips. Mm. So I'm gonna utilize that difference and reinvest it into sustainability. How can I... Mm, 
make the best use of the savings that I have from salary and utilize it towards sustainability. I think that's a good way to look at it in terms like, you know. That's, that's epic, yeah. The, the, the way to redistribute income in an effective way, it's almost like to treat it as a, your own personal like sustainability tax, right? You're like, you know what? To be a better restaurant, um, uh, you know, I yeah, to set aside that difference for the waged employees compared to the federal employees and say, hey, look, we can put this. Yeah, that's such a good way to redistribute, I think. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably not always a reality of it. It's just an idea that I just oh, kind of yeah. came to mind. Oh, no, I mean, it makes complete sense, though, because something constant like an overhead like staff, a constant overhead like staff is always going to be the same, really. Um, Depends on hours and, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you're right, but you can typically pick it a month out, right? A week out, whatever. Something like that. Something similar. It's fairly consistent. So then something else that's consistent is recycling. So then you can easily cross off a cost on your balance sheet and it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, variables like ingredients and volumes and shit are different. But those two constants, keeping that same, well, people just like constant cash flow, eh? <laughs> so yeah, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's super interesting. Yeah, well, New Zealand. So, what, what, do you, what do you think needs to, like, I mean, speaking for New Zealand, what do you think needs to change or what kind of, like, active movement needs to happen within hospitality for people to like be more aware of you know the type of steps that they need to do to be able to be sustainable especially within hospitality like you know again like i was mentioning earlier i think hospitality becomes an after afterthought for so many people you know in terms of the amount of you know carbon footprints that we that it leaves yeah because people don't look at hospitality a whole they look at this is my business and this is what i do this is an ice cream parlor this is a steakhouse this yeah. is a coffee shop, you know, this is sure. a patisserie, this is a bakery. They don't look at it as a whole. But when you look at it as a whole and you look at the amount of people that are, you know, going in and purchasing takeaway coffee or yeah. takeaway food or, you know, plastic cutlery, plastic cups, you know, and you really add all these, you know, containers where the spirits come in or, you know, the food comes in plastic and they tear it up and they use the ingredients and they cook them and they throw the plastic out. Mm. You know, there's so much wastage yeah. coming from hospitality alone mm. and it's it's a genuine, I feel, for me, it's an afterthought for a lot of people when it look they look at the large picture in terms of the companies that are out there neg- negatively affecting us, Yeah, you know, where we want to be in the future. For sure. Um, yeah, the, you're right. It's it's. I think something to help change um, the perspective and bring it to the forefront um, uh, is just complete education, like uh, spreading the correct information that's shared by all. So there's um, the way I think about sustainability um, is not just being the cleanest, greenest. You know, um, not not just recycling and not just. Um, glass recycling and not using as much plastic and not, you know, and, and using like organic food and shit. That's all crucial parts to sustainability. But also it's, it's the staff and the people involved um, and the values that you have as a business and how they align with what you're trying to achieve. So um, I, I guess with Mindful Menu and, and, and a lot of other things that I'm trying to do is provide this advice to small and medium-sized businesses, mostly individually owned operators, um, that that don't have it, you know, like they to start a business by yourself um, or or a small business with a couple of others, especially a restaurant, is such a mammoth job. Some people might see someone pouring a coffee and be like, "Oh, I can 
can open a cafe. It looks easy as shit. The amount of shit that you have to go through to do that, I can't speak from personal experience, but I have plenty of friends who have done it and, and, and talk to people every day who are doing it and they're battles, you know, and they are, they are working to the absolute wire because, because they're working service as an owner, owner operator, that's time that they're not working on the business. They're working in it. Yeah, it's true. But they're not working on it. And the time that they're working on it, they got a lot of standard boring shit to do. You know, there's a lot of shit to be ordered. There's a lot of people to think about. There's stuff. A lot of relationships out there. There's so many relationships that you got to keep happy. You know, like your suppliers, your staff, the city council, the, the landlord, shit, the landlord, and then and then you've got like so. Then on top of that, you've got this shit called sustainability, and you're like, fuck. Unless I'm a passionate person. Um, I can't be fucked with it. Yeah, yeah because it's, it's not a regulated thing, right? You don't have to. Recycle. Does it make or break my business? Oh, look at that! It, it's. I need. That means I need to pay more money. Yeah. To be sustainable. How about that? You know what? I'll probably. I'll put sustainability on hold until I can afford it. Maybe yeah. three, five months down the line. Next, thing you know it. It's forgotten. You know, exactly. that, that, or, or not forgotten, it gets bigger because you've grown and it's now a bigger bill, right? And it's only a bigger bill because you didn't do something about it in the first place. It's like the fucking small crack in the ceiling that ends up opening too wide, you know, and now you're fucked. It's, it's, this, it's this going down the road too far and not being able to turn back because you took a wrong turn. It's that dangerous situation where, the, and, and this is what we're trying to avoid, and this is what Mindful Media is trying to help people expose. Um, the truth that a truly sustainable business is one that grows profitably, like you know that that makes a profit, that is happy, that contributes to their society, that that grows food within the region, that grows service within the region, that grows um, information within the region, and distributes that to everyone else to help them. I mean, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a secret that one half of every hospitality business in Wellington closes in three years. Every three years, fifty percent of them gone. You know, and that's and one new one opens every week here. So, and, and what are they all doing wrong? Right, they've all got the same formula, which they've yeah. Oh, I see my friends doing it. I can do it, and then they realise that it's actually hard work. They have this Hollywood year because they're like, oh, we're a it, it's a new place. It's a new place. Of course, you're going to get some people coming through. Everyone wants to check it out, but there's only two hundred and fifty thousand people in the city. Those tables are going to be empty pretty soon if they only come once. So then you're like, shit, how do we draw people in? And there's a point of difference. And you need a point of difference. But also you need to do the basics right. Like, uh, you, you know, you need to be a responsible business. As, as soon as people start noticing that, that came. Well, I mean, piggybacking on that is, so when you open a, a business, a lot of times you, you open a business because, yeah, you see someone that you know, or you see something that you find attractive and you're like, well, I can do that. I can open a coffee shop. I can open a cafe. Yeah. I can open a bar. Maybe you can. Maybe you have the financial resources to do it. Can you operate it? Can you keep it sustainable? Can you maintain it after that first three to five months, that first year? Yeah. You know, where does it go from there? And are you are you opening something that was a long life dream? Or is this something that's trending now and you're like, oh, you know, craft beer is trending. Let's open a craft beer bar, you know? Mm. And, and that's something that I find interesting because, for example, like, Let's, let's go back to sustainability. Yeah. Sustainability right now, given the urgency that's being put out there, not only by the media, social media, but our contemporaries and, and, the, and the science world, because that's the reality of it. You know, global warming is a thing. Yeah. So sustainability is a trend. Yeah. It's, it's a good trend. Yeah. But it's a trend. 
So as a business owner, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I don't know if you can speak on their behalf, but as a business owner, how do you go about, you know, understanding that you want to be sustainable mm -hmm. for multiple reasons? Yes, it's trending. Yes, it's beneficial for the world. Yes, it's beneficial for my life and the future of my kids and grandkids and so on and so on. Yeah. And I can't afford to be sustainable. Yeah. But then again, my customers are looking at me like, oh, you're such a hypocrite. You know, you want to sell vegan food. You want to sell vegetarian food. You want to try to be sustainable. But then again, we see you and you're not being sustainable yourself. Yeah. So you think by them not affording to be sustainable, we'll turn away potential customers. 100%. There's a survey just got printed recently. Um, but there's a research um, institute called Colmar Brunton in New Zealand. Oh, it's come again? Colmar Brunton. Colmar Brunton. Yeah, yeah. So they did, did a survey on um, hospitality in New Zealand. Um, and, and it showed all these crazy figures. One of them which stood out was 80% of people, 80% would choose a sustainable restaurant. Two restaurants, if they're given two restaurants, one was more sustainable than the other, but they offered the same thing, they'll choose that one 80% of the time. So that just shows you sustainability is, is, is hot, you know, and, and people do give a shit. Um, uh, you know, the trend of vegan food is growing hugely. Plant-based diet is being proven to be super healthy, yes. not only for the environment, but for people. So like having that as an offering is super key, you know. Um, having organic food, like regeneratively raised food, um, and locally sourced locally sourced is like locally sourced ingredients is the and, and menu design are the biggest things that a restaurant can do to be more sustainable without a single doubt like those two are so key because if you're getting things flowing around the world for a specialty cut of meat you're kind of undoing any good you're doing by having a vegan meal on your menu you know if you're flying fucking pork from Spain so thinking about thinking about having local food where possible and seasonal is super crucial like working with the seasons working with the landscape you've got and people are going to love it too they're, they're demanding it so it's super key um so yeah the, the sustainability of the place um according to the um like the owner operating and how they approach that honestly it's definitely listening to their customers and they'll get a resounding like yes you know like we are demanding more sustainable so, options so you could argue that by practicing sustainability you are investing into your business it's not only an expense but it's an investment Massively. because you're, you're you're following a trend that is working upwards and you're attracting a crowd that supports sustainability and supports the movement that you're making yeah but then at the end of the day the reality is it's an extra expense that i don't think should be an expense it should just be a given it should be something that is expected by the state by the country by the city yeah you're right and 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 um, slowly policy will catch up but it, uh, it's too slow like like i was saying before the cycle of restaurants it's three years you're hot you know and 50 percent are gone so that cycle is the same as a, as a term in government here. So, and, you know, government, some of them are good. We've got a pretty decent one in right now. But to turn over policies that mean you have to be a more sustainable business, especially specifically within hospitality, it's way too hard to, you know, address it specifically, especially towards every different area, every different place. So, so these challenges need to be taken by the horns by each place and each each individual restaurant because they need to separate themselves there's huge advantages to they i mean not only listening to the customers 
Um, you know, one thing I've found out a lot and, and one crucial pillar of the um, reports that I write and the, and the assessments that I do is stuff. The team, they're huge. Like the, all of the initiatives that I recommend, uh, most of the time the staff have already recommended it. They just don't know how to do it. So that, you know, they're saying, oh, we need more recycling. We need an organic pickup service. We need better packaging. We need to watch our uh, energy footprint. Then we need a, you know, uh, I'm feeling unsafe at work. Like, so the, all these things are like a huge, hugely crucial. And sometimes the staff just don't have that platform to say it to their owner operator. And their owner operator doesn't know that they have all these ideas. So I'm providing that, that kind of avenue in a way, and I'm hoping it happens a lot more in all different places, providing that link so they can feel confident in talking about it and, and suggesting things and, 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 and being part of the solution. Because, I mean, the majority of, of, of hospitality staff are millennials that know full well about the impending crisis of climate change, but also just about being a responsible human in business, recycling properly, you know, like eliminating food waste just just all these types of things are, 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 are at the forefront of millennials minds it's crazy because that's that's one of the reasons that that drove me like like one of the reasons behind this podcast is for me to offer a platform to those who don't necessarily have a voice or don't have the respect yeah you know within the industry yeah. you know a lot of times you know you find yourself with people like me who are you know, tenured servers. I've been doing this for over a decade. You know, where yeah, I've been serving, I've been bartending, I've been managing. And a lot of times, because I'm not an established business owner, or because I don't have a business to showcase, or because I don't have a career or a position within my career that you know stands out, my credibility is not appreciated, or they don't look at me as in somebody who's speaking. You know, not necessarily the truth, but with a certain amount of oomph, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a shame. You know, and a lot of times it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to provide a platform for people like myself who can come on the show and sit down and talk. Tell me your story. Tell me what you're about. Tell me what's in your mind. And a lot of times you see individuals talking about certain things that you never thought yourself you would hear from them. And it's, it's, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the teams that you lead within an environment, within your restaurant, within your business are as smart or as wise as you are, maybe not within everything that you've done in your life, but they are definitely aware of what's going on around them and what they need to do and what you need to do to be able to move forward with sustainability and how to leave less of a footprint. Hugely. The, 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 yeah, they, they work in there every day. Yes. <laughs> they understand the business Probably better than, well, it uh, depends on who you are really, right? And how engaged you are with your yeah. business, of course. Some you know. people are pretty hands-off, some people are hands-on. It's, it's all different, but the staff are there every day. They, they understand that shit, and they have the opportunity to experience it all. And they're the ones implementing stuff, you know, different systems, saving food, different, different ways, you know, um, of redistribution. These are all quite key, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 you're exactly right. The, um, the credibility of staff, it go, sometimes goes... Um, out of the way and that, and that also I mean that comes back to things like um, um, uh, a couple of things I guess but uh, two main points would be like uh, how uh, transitory or like how transient sorry 
um, the hospitality business in New Zealanders. We get a lot of travelers, travelers coming through yes. and working for a while, but and not even a while, like two months. It's not only New Zealand. I think I feel like it's a global thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, yeah. I guess no, you're right. You're exactly right. A lot it's of people come. Th- I mean, I I don't know how many thousands of co-workers I've had through the years, and I, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly, yeah. some people come, and you know, they're there two or three months, and then they're not there, and that's it. And you try, and 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 then you get built into this thing to not try to get too engaged, right? Because you're like, fuck, I don't want to make a massive connection to this person, and then they're gone. So it's this weird, um, yeah. There's a, it's, you tread lightly with that kind of situation, but then also, how do you differentiate that staff member from one who's been there for two years and has solid input? That's place to place different, but you know, if you're a non-active, um, if you're an inactive kind of director or owner of this place, you don't know that, you don't see that. Agreed. And sometimes, you know, like I, I come in and I'm, I'm here in Wellington and I'm working in restaurants, and I have a certain amount of input, not because I've been working here for a long time, but because where I've been working in the past. And the things that I see that could be better within this establishment that I've done before in the past in other restaurants or in other bars yeah. that I feel would work here. Yeah. Sometimes they both individuals, those that have just arrived or been there for a short period of time and those that have been there for a number of years, they both have credible input just in different Huge. ways. Yeah. And sometimes you have to put yourself out there as an employer to just be able to just listen to your staff, talk to them, get to know them, see what, you know, pick their brain because at the end of the day, they will eventually help you move forward yeah or at least maintain a certain level of you know success hugely and 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 then the other kind of i guess the aspect to that is creating an environment where people feel like they can add something you know so yeah like yeah we understand you're credible and all these things and then um fostering an environment where um, that staff member regardless of what position they hold feels comfortable coming up and saying something, you know, and, and suggesting things and even saying uh, somewhat um, testing things and maybe emotional things. So um, one thing I, I, I think is super important, um, um, especially within hospitality, because oh, you're just putting yourself out there in, in a service job, it's like hugely empathetic and your kind of energy gets drained. So something hyper important there is the well-being you know of, of of each staff member and every staff member and having respect for the space that they hold and then enabling them to to really um, be themselves and take care of themselves because uh, there's lots of uh, cultures within hospitality which is super antisocial after hours and like I mean the drunken octopus here does something incredible that they have the space for people to talk about shit like this because before this, it was let's hang around at the let's hang around afterwards after work in the same bar that we may hate from that shift and talk shit about our manager whilst drinking their whiskey and smoking a fucking cigarette. Like, you know that that's a really unhealthy way to talk about shit. Yeah, you. you but sh- it's the only way that a lot of people have. It's it's very common, and I don't I don't think there's any difference in wherever you go in the world for you to just come out of work and you have your vices, whether that's you know. Whether, whether, it doesn't matter what your vices are. Yeah. Whether you go out with your mates and you get a, a whiskey and a beer and you know, mm. smoke some cigarettes, smoke a joint, whatever it is that you do, you know, it, it's nice to have a space where you can all come in together and just kind of chill and sit down and actually talk without yeah. the influence of and not being under that stress or kind of like, you yeah. know, you're just tired after a shift. And Drunken yeah. Octopus provides a space for you to kind of like just engage with other individuals 
Yeah. And then even in, in so the, this is um, business here in um, Wellington called uh, Collaborate. And I love them. Shout out to Collaborate. Um, they are um, they're a mental health first aid workshop team. So um, sounds like a lot of stuff there. But they run a mental health first aid workshop. Um, and what that is, is um, it's a two-day workshop. They're actually releasing some new ones tonight. So hopefully hospitality focused. I'm going to work with them and start it. But, um, but what, um, what they do is they hold a two-day workshop and it teaches, I've, I've been to one and they're incredible, it teaches you um, how to deal with, um, with mental health crisis on hand. So, um, so if someone is breaking down, if somebody has psychosis, if somebody has depression or anxiety, um, I feel confident now that I'm equipped to, you know, um, to ask, to make them feel safe to ask them um, the right questions that, that, that may help, not always, but may. Um, and then also I have the right numbers to call um, in terms of crisis. But that is a huge missing link. I didn't know that before that, and I'm 29 years old. Like that's, it, before like, uh, you know, you see a breakdown or someone struggling and, and there are various ways that we deal with it and none of them right, you know, calling 911 or, or one, 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 one. Yeah. But, but you know, in these different situations when they didn't need that, or, or calling their mom when they didn't need that, or calling their friend when they didn't need that, you know. Or sometimes you could even argue like, like, I don't know, man. You 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 work with people and you start to get to know them, and sometimes your friends are down, sometimes your coworkers are down, yeah. and sometimes you just naturally go with like, oh, you, bro, you just want to do a shot in a beer, you want to talk about it, like maybe a shot in a beer is not the way to go. And, you're exa exactly, dude. And maybe just, uh, I mean, any, there's so many different ways, but also um, having the ability and the tools to assess, you know, what someone's up to and, and then, you know, take the correct action. If they're talking about, you know, people watching them and they're under some serious psychosis, that's some scary shit. And, it, and, and not only for the person going through it, but for the people receiving it and around that. So... Enabling that safe space to um, to know that if something wants to go wrong with you or any other, um, enabling that safe space is crucial, I think, for the safety of people at work. Because you're in a fast-paced environment where you get probably talked shit at by a lot you of people. You get talked down on the regular. All the time, exactly. And you've got to brush it off, but that shit takes a toll. So then, you know, you, 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 where do you go after work and what do you do with it? If someone has a breakdown, what the fuck? And you're already in, at, this, at this weird level yourself, you know, maybe a little bit half drunk or something. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. You, you know, you come to work and you're there to provide a service. And part of that service is being able to entertain people. Yeah. You know, and make sure that they feel comfortable, that they're well taken care of, that you conversate with them, that you go about all these things that is all directed towards the customer. Mm. And then whatever's going on with you in your life, whether that's problems with your coworkers, problems with your partner, problems with your family, your finances, health issues, your dog, whatever it is, you gotta brush it off, bro. Yeah. Sorry, you clocked in, you gotta, you know, you gotta change the channel. And that's the way it is. And sometimes, you know, you're at work and you don't wanna smile. You don't wanna talk, you don't wanna yeah. chit chat, you don't wanna do anything, you just wanna go home. Mm. Um, that's just not the reality of this industry, you know? And when you're feeling like that, and then on top of that, like, you know, you're working seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours, and, and then you're asking me to recycle. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> do it exactly, and then and then and then what is that doing? And if you get that five nights in a row, and then two three weeks in a row, and you're like, fuck this job, you know, I want to go for another one. And then that reflects not only if you had a shit time, like, and you'd probably hate it, and you, and yeah, it was just a bad relationship and job and whatever. You go to the next one and try try to improve, but also the the owner operator just spent a shitload of money training, maybe training you and 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 working with you, and then. They've got to do it with someone else and then they've got to go find someone else and spend all this resource. So it makes sense for them to make you feel safe and empowered at work. Oh, no doubt. If nothing else, just to save money. If they yes. don't give a fuck about the environment or they don't give, and you do, or they don't give a fuck about you, but obviously you do and <laughs> others do, you know, they should because it's going to save them money. If nothing else, if they, all they want to do is make money, being sustainable and being kind, make money. It's crazy. It's what people it's, don't it's realize, crazy. right? So you can't... You can't just be this big fucking idiot and, 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 and not recycle and not respect your staff and expect to be successful because you won't. It's crazy because if you invest within your staff, which I, I know a lot of businesses do, a lot of employers do. Yeah, absolutely. It happens. Um, you, you, you're investing in yourself, but you're also investing in a person. You're investing in a human. You know, you, you don't know what this person's all about, what's going on in their life. So by you implementing a healthy culture or a healthy work culture that you know is pro staff is pro employee hey you might help this person fall in love with hospitality you might help yourself save money in the long run you might help yourself you know keep a certain team that reflects perfect on your vision for your business you might help somebody with mental health issues at the moment you know there's so many things that reciprocate from the actions that you take and the investment that you do within your business and all that is reflected later on. Yeah. You know, and it's it's quite interesting. People don't see it that way. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. It's, it's, the, it's a weird divide, right? It's, it's, yeah. They look at the end goal. They look at profit margins. They look at, can I, can I stay open this month? Am I going to be able to survive, you know, the next yeah. season? It's, it's, I guess the, um, yeah, because the slow burn, right, it goes two ways. So the slow burn of decline... Um, and the diminishing profit margin if you aren't to be sustainable and you do not respect your stuff it happens and it happens kind of slowly in terms of hospitality but that's only two years you know it's one year two years three years max you know and then you're kind of in the dust because you weren't taking advice from not only your customer but your staff too but then the other way around if you spend this upfront investment which seems like a lot you know which doing these classes or something or um or, 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 or starting a recycling scheme from the start and treat it as business as usual, then that upfront investment pays off dividends over time and that gets exponentially better. The faster and better you get at doing shit, the cooler it becomes and the more, you know, the different businesses you meet. And there's a, there's a friend of mine, um, uh, Dean at, at Mr. Goes, right? He has Mr. Goes and he has um, Ombra. And Taranaki and Akiba. Yeah, 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 those two. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool restaurants. Um, yeah. right? And one thing he's done from the start was assess the well being of his staff. So he's, he, he issues a questionnaire. This is something we do with Mindful Menu as well. Um, we issue a questionnaire to all staff around heaps of stuff to get their input for the owners to know what they're up to. Um, but also, what, what, what um, Dean does is he, he issues one specifically for. Um, well-being every six months so um, um, you know every six months he'll check in and say hey you know do you, do you feel safe at work are you are you happy with what we're doing do you um, are, are you excited to be working for Mr. there's all these various questions that um, that he, he and he gives the opportunity for the staff to have a voice in that situation and then 
I think that that's just such a simple thing. So easy to do, so easy to issue, uh, and, uh, and for stuff to fill out, it's online, it takes five minutes, you know, just a quick Google form. And it also, if you're an introvert and you don't like talking to your boss like directly and bringing these things up, because that's a perfect way to... Perfect medium, you know, you can do it anonymously too, you can sign in and do it like, doesn't have to be your name, bring up all, all, all sorts of stuff, right? There's an option for your name, but you can leave it out. And then I think it's just such a great way to, um, to assess where you're at as an employer, you know, and then where your staff are at. He now, like at the start, he, he was kind of, you know, he was pretty new. So, um, and he was taking care of all of the stuff, the best he thought, but there were still things, you know, that you missed because you got tunnel vision. Now he's just super good at it. Uh, you know, he's empowering his staff to do it for him, with him, around him, all together. They all, they all feel super comfortable around each other because of this. Because he decided to do it from the get-go. Yep, because he decided to do it from the start. So now he doesn't even need to issue it. They do it themselves every six months voluntarily. So it's, it's cool because you, you mentioned that from the get-go, from the moment he opened his first business, second business, his primary thing was to invest now so you pay those dividends pay up later and you start peaking later. Huge. As opposed to kind of start trending downwards. Yeah. Which is, which is something that I, I want to use this because you have... Another one of your projects is called Reusable. Yeah. So let me see if I get this right. The, the concept is that, you know, when you go to a restaurant or when you order takeaway food, you have the option, or I'm not sure if you do, or the restaurant forces you to have to. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what the, what the concept is yet. Utopia. <laughs> um, but basically, let's say you go to, I don't know, let's, you go to Ombra, yeah. and you want to order yourself a risotto. Takeaway, yeah. please. Yeah. And they let you know, hey, okay, so it's going to be X amount of dollars. And then there's a $10 deposit for your takeaway container. Yeah. And is this an optional deposit or not? I, I don't know. But the point is that you're investing those $10. Yeah. And you're taking home with you your risotto within this reusable takeaway bag. Yeah. Um, or container. And then you can then later on utilize the same container within another restaurant and they can put your food within this takeaway container or you can return this and then they give you a new one or you can return and just get your deposit back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, the reason I, I kind of see the connection is because one as an individual, I am investing now those $10. So six months, a year, two years, five years down the road, there's less carbon footprint, less, less garbage. There's yeah. less, you know, just, it's just more sustainable. Let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's, and you nailed it. Yeah, um, the, the description, it's exactly that. It's, it, what I like to call it is um, bowls as a service or containers as a service, right? So, so um, reusable is, is exactly like you said. They sit at the retailer, the customer goes up, pays a deposit, uses it, and then, um, and then either comes back and refunds it swaps it for a, um, every time you bring it back actually you um, or it fills it up with more food you 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 get a new one because of food safety um, where, where America you couldn't have our business properly because their food safety laws are a lot stricter but we're trying to beat New Zealand's laws and implement it before the laws come in um, so we're gonna we've kind of got to cross that line but um, but yeah and then you bring it back get a refund get another one or um, or, or, or nothing at all, right? Just your money back. So that's um, that's that's the reusable side of things. And yes, you're right. Um, the the, the um, 
investing early, right, to not see litter later on and to have these bowls in service um, all the time. A, a big ethos of mine personally, um, and I think uh, something that I've been talking a lot um, with friends about is something access versus ownership. So um, that's a system where um, there's a lot of different um, services that are provided within a city that not everyone needs to own. And I see reusable as one of those. I don't want to own a shitload of Tupperware containers. I know some people are obsessed with them, and they have they prep meals. Yeah, yeah. prep meals, dude. I got a leftovers. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean there is a place, right? There's a place for them, but our cupboard at home is overflowing. Um, not only that, but I fucking hate waste. So, um, and for various reasons, um, not only because it looks bad, but it, it's pretty bad for the environment. Single use is, is quite shit, right? So. Um, but but reusable um, is is a service that um, that represents this access versus ownership mentality that I have. That is, um, it's it's something that we all should be able to use and not have to own. It's like it's like cars. I think for a lot, um, the way we're going with cars, I think like these companies like one called Mevo in Wellington, which allows you to drive a car like it's your own but rent it by the hour, right? And there's all these live scooters everywhere. And And the Anzo bikes. City bikes in general. City bikes in general. They're all over the world, right? And and these systems aren't new. But but they just need to be put in place for a lot of commonly held things that we shouldn't be owning. We don't need to own that shit. Why? You know, the, and, and we shouldn't have to pay a crazy amount for it. There's, there, not only that, but also it just creates this unstoppable amount of single-use waste that, um, that, that comes with all these different things and packages and, and, and stuff that we don't need. Just simplifying life and making it a little bit less anxious and then providing the access to people who may not have been able to have it before. I mean, so I guess, I mean, with everything you're saying, the the biggest challenge here is basically creating new habits for people. That's the reality of it. People have the habit of using city bikes to get from point A to point B, and they love the practicality of it because they get somewhere, they unhook a bike, they ride it, they get to end place, they dock the bike, they don't have to worry about it because they don't own it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you want to implement a new set of habits where people, instead of being used to having takeaway containers being something that's disposable or having to provide their own Tupperwares, you know, within their household or for whatever reasons, Mm. you're providing a service where you give a certain amount of money for a deposit and then you utilize this container constantly through every takeaway that you get. You know, ideally, the way I see this is, you know, let's say Uber Eats, or I don't know if Uber Eats would be the most convenient one, but Uber Eats comes to your door, he gives you a takeaway food in the Tupperware containers, you give him... The dirty ones. The dirty ones. Yeah. And then depending on how many you give him, depending on... Yeah, changes your bill. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly it. When you order, you know, you select how many you're going to refund this time. Yes. So you've got them for your family. This is like precisely what we're trying to do. Um, and trying to build the business to, um, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, we we're talking about the building for the future, not human centered design, but like um, a building for tomorrow and building for our ecosystems that are circular. So we see the progression of, um, of uh, delivery and, 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 um, and convenience as like exponential. It's just going to ramp up and go forever. Like you can see the success of Uber Eats and everybody deliver easy and stuff. 
So having reusable, you know, it's crucial to our system and our company to fit within those designs in the future. So we're designing now systems that, you know, um, that fit within these delivery systems. So yeah, say, you know, at home, Giovanni's got three reusables and he orders only one. He's got three dirty ones sitting there and he orders, you know, one Vietnamese vermicelli rice noodle salad. And then, um, so you choose, you know, one, two, three as a refund. And then you're going to buy one as well with your meal. So then you get all this money back and you're, this is basically a free meal. But you've just refunded all of your three bowls and they pick them up in exchange. Exactly, exactly like that. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I like that. We're, we're, well, I mean, obviously this is in beta stages and this is obviously a conversation for another day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. where would this, like, would you have a separate account? Like account for your reusable account? And then that money so, gets refunded, or does that money go to the restaurant? Yeah, so it goes. Um, so the system, the business models. Um, oh, it's not sensitive. I, I, I guess it's um, that the reusable retain ownership of the bowl the whole time. So I, me, not me, reusable um, manages, <laughs> manages, sorry, and retains ownership of the bowls. And that the reason we do that is because we want to know where they are and not cause waste. And we want to be stewards of and kaitiaki tanga, which means guardian of the land in, in, in Māori, in te reo Māori. So, that, so to be guardians of the land, we want to not pollute it. Um, to not pollute it, we need to know that the products we're putting out there are dealt with responsibly. To deal with those products responsibly, we um, retain ownership of them. And that means that... It's your responsibility. It's our responsibility. So that means these, uh, these containers um, are leased from us by a retailer. So say Giovanni's pasta store, whatever. Um, you have your pasta store, you lease all of these you know, 1,000 containers of us for $10 each. And then every time a customer comes in, they lease it from you for $10 each. So that's free, free. You know? So you've got the money back from that. Then they return it to you, dirty, and then you pay... Um, then back the $10, so it's free for them to use. It's just that deposit scheme. It's the same thing again. Or they can just get a new bowl. Or or they could get a new one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah with a new, you know, food in there. Yeah, and then so the value stays with the bowl the whole time. So it's $10. And if you want to stop or change or get new bowls or something, we'll pay you for those bowls. You know, the excess or shortfall just gets made up by the deposit system that we have set up with you. Yeah. Dope, dope. So again, it's just kind of like, it's, it's all about implementing it and having everybody kind of like just get on top of it and get used to it and just kind of like implementing new habits. Yeah, the behavior change is real. Like the, um, so that's huge for us as a first mover. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how we can influence the, the behavior of people. Um, you know, why it's, we did a survey and 360 people answered. It was overwhelming response. It was really cool. Just an organic growth. Um, of people once it was sweet and everyone wants it there's like 97% of people in that survey really want it and I think it was 93% said that they'll pay for it and that's not deposit that's like pay money so the 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 um I mean it's ripe you know the time is ready so as long as we get it right it'll be cool the um yeah the behavior change that's that's something that that I'm trying to strategize and, and work with the team Maureen and Sarah are the other three, uh, the other two, um, with me on, on, on this journey, the three, we're the three co-founders. And so, strat yeah, creating a strategy around deposit systems and around um, reusable generally and how to use it is, um, is a massive challenge. Um, it's not like we're, you know, bringing out a new form of Coca-Cola or, you know, cola or, or an existing beer or something. 
Yeah, you're not you're not providing something that's non-existing. You're providing something that is does exist very well, but it's just not utilized in the best way, or the service, like you mentioned, is not there. Yeah, exactly. So making a service of the product, yeah, which is it's 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 doing your due diligence for what you can do. Yeah, and exactly. you know, and the reciprocal effects and you know, long-lasting effects that this is gonna have within hospitality because it just comes to show you, like, if you really think about it, not only are we talking about the amount of um, like just trash and garbage and you know what's the word I'm looking for um, just it, it escaped my mind right now my man about the single use packaging yeah yes thank you <laughs> yeah appreciate yeah, yeah. it yeah, yeah. Um, not only all those single use packaging that restaurants you know create in terms of waste but the takeaway yeah that comes along with that you know all these restaurants have takeaways yeah. You know, you're not only talking about all those single-use, you know, containers that, you know, the back of the house gets with, you know, where the carrots are packed in, the lettuce, you know, or the jars for the sauces or the cans of tomatoes or this or that. It doesn't matter. You know, this is going to be tossed. And if they're not recycling, it's even worse. Yeah. Now, on top of that, you have all these top away, um, takeaway containers that, you know, luckily nowadays, there's a lot of them that tend to be more eco-friendly, more, you know, sustainable, you know, whether they're biodegradable, yeah. whether they're recycled, this yeah. or that doesn't stop it's still eventually most of that doesn't end up being recycled again or it cannot be recycled again you're and and you touched on a really great point and something i think about a lot and and it's hard to not grip my teeth anymore but um i mean single use no matter what material it's made of is is not ideal um there's a lot of recycled items that are only single use yeah, yeah it was recycled yeah yeah i can't recycle it though yeah yeah i mean yeah exactly and that's and 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 there's reason, and it's because it's made out of different types of materials that you know are subpar after they're recycled. So I mean, there's there's multiple issues with single use, um, and and the best thing is to do to do is avoid it. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the compostable packaging is great, right? If um, it's it's they've worked really hard to um, create formulas that come up with the perfect packaging that composts, right? But, but the, the, the misstep there is that A, um, a lot of users don't know what to actually do with it or B, don't have anywhere to put it because if that stuff goes into the landfill, it's worse than a piece of plastic going to the landfill. So, like, so if you were just to put the compostable packaging in a regular bin, it's worse than it being a plastic one in the regular bin. That's because of the, it's an organic substance so that when it's in landfill and in anaerobic situation like without air that means it releases methane so it's it's, it's and that's five times more lethal than co2 so so and this is the people who are actually trying to be sustainable actually doing more harm yeah than unfortunately well because the users aren't using it right and 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 asking users to find a um, commercial composting site conveniently with a takeaway package is impossible. Like Wellington City Council doesn't have one. There's zero that exists that take a lot of the, that take a lot of packaging. So it's it's it's, people think that they're doing right, but there's a miseducation there where they're actually doing wrong. Not because through fault of their own or through it's just blissful ignorance. It's just it's, it's naivety. Yeah, exactly that. And and also and honestly. I don't want people to have to go and fucking research the best material to recycle and how to recycle it and compost it. This, I, I mean, I do that for fun, you know? That's my shit. 
But, but, but not everyone, I, I don't think everyone should have to do that. You know, you shouldn't have to research. Just eliminate that problem altogether. Just eliminate the disposal of it altogether and, and completely reuse. The, 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 you know, being scared of putting something in the bin, which a lot of my friends are now around me, which is super funny. Dude, that is me 24-7. Like, I, so the roommates that I have are amazing. I love them to death. Shout out to all of them. Every day I learn something about recycling. It's like every time I throw like, I don't know, a plastic bag in the plastic bin, I'm like, oh, that's not recycling. I'm like, what? No, it's plastic. No, it's single-use plastic, mate. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I'm, I myself am extremely ignorant in, in, in what I can and cannot recycle in New Zealand because Dude. it's like, oh, no, because, you know, the recycling plants are privately owned and they don't recycle this and they don't recycle that. And you're like, but it's recyclable. Yeah, but they don't recycle it. And you're like... Okay, dude, it's it's a serious issue. Like the and the even, I mean, even worse than that is that it's different here than it is in Christchurch, and it's different in Auckland than it is in Christchurch. And it's there's not one system. No, there's not like, and we're not that. We have form at almost five million people. You know, it's not that big, and like we don't even have the same recycling shit. Like we, you know, if I move to Auckland, I'm 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 not forced to learn again. And what is yeah. you know, the seven different types of plastics, which ones can I put in my bin now? I'm going to have to look that up and change. And that's, I have to research that. That's not, you know, that's not common knowledge. That's, that's a, makes it super difficult to do the right thing when you've got to research something every new city you step into. Not only that, but from what I understand, when I first got here, I had a, I wouldn't say that I had a hard time, but I didn't know that I had to go out of out of my way and go buy recycling bags at specific locations yeah. I couldn't just go to the grocery store or to the convenience store and buy bags and put them in a recycling bin or they have to be set, certain bags are for certain recycling and other bags are for other types of recycling and then these bags can be only used for this mm-hmm. and if you throw your recycling stuff in this bag we will not pick it up they put a sticker on it and say, yo. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> get that dirty yogurt out of this bag. I'm like, okay. Like, uh, how do I know this? How do I not know this? Like, you know, like, why is the, and the information is not unattainable, but unless you're told or being, I don't know, hold accountable or yeah. you just do your due diligence and research, yeah. you just, you don't know. Honestly, and it's it's crazy the the amount of misinformation in that situation, the, the and that area and the industries that that you know that need even just every household, you know, it's, you try and teach, and the worst thing is it changes. So you try and teach your family, your kids, how to recycle, and then next week that you're not allowed to recycle that milk bottle or that fucking plastic bag or you know the soft plastic that you were last week. Yes, that's seven years old. How are they gonna know? You know what? Yeah, it's, it's man, yeah. I mean. and, and it's crazy because I feel like there comes a point where the government needs to team up. Or not, you know, not only team up, but understand and accept the fact that they need to, they need to start making strides collectively along with the hospitality industry, you know, and provide not only the service, but the accessibility to be able to be sustainable. Yeah. You know, you can't hold restaurants accountable for what's going on in your country when it's your responsibility you have there has to be a partnership you know yeah. and if all recycling is private and this limits the amount of sustainability 
you know, the amount of recycling restaurants do, then you as a government, you know, representation of the people need to step in and say like, you know what? Okay, so let's provide recyclable options, you know, yeah. options for you to be able to recycle and we'll take it out of your hands and it doesn't have to be an expense. You know, you motivate people, you incentivize people to want to recycle. Yeah. And then hopefully this is also reflected within the household, you know, whereas in, as opposed to me just, you know, be able to just go out there and, and buy the bags, just go and get the bags, you know. Yeah, yeah maybe, all right, yeah, maybe you should buy them. Maybe you should buy them. I don't know. Point is that, you know, implement a system that is uniform. Yeah. So everybody can get on the same page and things can work more efficient. Yeah. Clear messaging. Yeah, exactly. And, and then once, you know, once they're decided what can and can't be taken, don't change it. Find out another way to use it. Dope, dope. So, um, with with that said, like, so where does where does Bobby fit into this? Like, what's what's the next step for Bobby? Like, short term, long term? Like, what's the gist of it? You know? Yeah, um, it's an interesting question um, because I I don't really think about personally myself too much because of the how deep I am into these projects at the moment. Well, and what is Bobby the company then? Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's I guess. Like I was saying before, I think the, um, you know, I think of my life sometimes as like full of side projects, you know, um, yeah. but, but, um, in saying that, um, I think that is my business now, you know, my agency, Bobby, the agency, Bobby, the sustainability designer, Bobby, the sustainability, um, uh, consultant, consultant, um, does have all these side projects, but they're not just side projects. They are projects. You know, they 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 are part. They're underneath the brand. Um, so, so I guess um, I figured out when when I first started doing the sustainability consulting that it was almost selfish, um, in a way because I love projects. I love drawing up business plans. I love. Um, I've got a super entrepreneurial mind, and I love working with other people to discover new ideas. I love looking at different opportunities within the industry to not only improve it, but like um, improve it drastically, you know, and, and, and think of it differently and then connect dots um, that may be missing or cross industry even. So, I guess a long-winded way of saying it. Um, um, I, see, I, I see myself building a little agency around, around Bobby the brand, you know. Um, and, and, and I want to continue to do these projects, but I don't just want to continue to do them. I want to do them and hand them off. Okay. You know, I want to start reusable well and I want to run it for a while. And, and then I want to just kind of have other people run it if they want to do it and see how, see how it goes. You know? I mean, the goal is to establish what it is that you want to like showcase. Yeah. And then from there, kind of like move on to what's next because this is already running on its own and it's something that I've already implemented yeah, dude, and it's yeah. become a habit and it's it's within society now. Yeah. Now I need to be brainstorm into what can I do next. Oh, um, and it's, there's no shortage of those. I've already got the brainstorms, you know, there. And so it's just timing. It's just waiting for the time to it. I mean, some of, some of the ideas I've got are not ready because there's just not the technology or the infrastructure there for it. So I've got to wait. You know, I've got to wait for the shit to speed up to... And I mean, that's not... Sometimes it's not technology. It's just infrastructure and people and business and industry. So that, I mean... So, yeah, I'm, I'm poised and ready to press go on projects as I go and then hand them off to people who might be interested or might be keen. And I'm ready to fail. Like, I want to fuck out, you know, sometimes just because 
I mean, I've struggled and battled to get here now, but I know shit doesn't, it's not always rosy. So I think trying and searching for all these different things, um, it's going to be super fun. I always thought, um, I always used to be worried. And especially, it was, it, was, it was only really at the start of this year. I was like, I don't have one direction. I don't have one passion. I don't have one thing. I don't have one thing, you know. Um, and it's... Who needs one thing? I know, but <laughs> and, you know, it took me so long to realize that. And, 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 and it's okay because, because I like trying and doing everything. I mean, the amount of stuff I've already done already is kind of baffles me at times um not not successfully just just tried you know yeah, tried yeah, I get you, I get you. yeah yeah <laughs> not trying to say that no, but dude it's so i mean but I, the, I, yeah I, I mean the so i guess um in saying that um yeah trying them all handing them off enabling these cool new systems that i think are the future you know that i think are tomorrow you know circular economy based businesses um resource recovery systems um um, enabling mental health as a pillar of sustainability, um, uh, uh, access over ownership. You know, these fit in. Hospitality is where I'm starting, and 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 it's and it's where I will continue for a while because it's one of those. I don't know about saying low hanging fruit because that makes it sound less than it is, but it's one of those really tangible places that you can make tangible difference pretty quickly you know like yeah. the, you can see when when a, when a menu changes and the price drops and things like this you know and you can tell um, how much happier people are within a situation and the success of a restaurant because of their improved sustainability and 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 the carbon footprint diminishes because of their local food source now like all these things are really quick but i mean other industries like i mentioned before construction and fashion those are going to be the huge ones that i really want to get into those, uh, like the, those are things that I, I'm genuinely excited to see, uh, especially within the restaurant industry, which is what I, what I kind of like specialize in, what I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be able to see Bobby cross the oceans and, you know, I, I want to see you in the U.S. I'm sure there's some sort of contemporaries out there that have a similar idea, but maybe not exactly the same. Yeah, or maybe there sure. isn't. And there's, there's a space for you to say, like, you know what, guys, I have an idea. I have a project. It's worked. Here's what I did in Wellington. Here's what I did in New Zealand. Let me help you. Like, if I have a chance to take this with me to, you know, back to New York or back to Puerto Rico, I'm gonna do it, bro. I'm gonna yeah, be bro. like, yo, my man, get on a plane, come out <laughs> here, help me out. Let's see how what we do. And, sure. and that's something I'm genuinely excited because it's it's something that we need. It's something that you know we can't keep you know beating around the bush. We have to kind of like start putting ourselves out there in a place to start making a real change. And sometimes a small, I mean, what you're doing, it's not small, but you start small. You start with one restaurant, you start with two restaurants, you start with three. Yeah. And then you kind of like, it goes from there onto a collective. It goes there to providing education through the university. It goes to partnering with the, the council. It goes to, you know, implementing new policies within the government. And that's, that's how you have to go about it. And 100%. I'm genuinely excited to see this move forward. I'm genuinely excited to... See what's gonna happen in two years, and three, and five years, and I'm I I really stoked, dude. I'm not gonna lie. No thanks. I I mean, this podcast is 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 a crucial element to this changing system, right? So yeah, I think having these unsung heroes on here talking about the important aspects of hospitality is huge. It's, it's all part of the shift. For sure, and I appreciate I appreciate the support. Uh, before I let you go, I wanted to talk a little bit about one thing. There's one thing I kind of usually close off, and it's kind of weird. I'm yep. just trying it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I usually ask people if you can tell me your perfect date scenario. It could be a solo date. It could be a date with your partner. It could be a blind date. I don't care. 
<laughs> okay. It's your story. But like, tell me, where where are you going out for drinks? Where are you going out to dinner? Where's just dessert at? Where's the cocktail nightcap at? Yeah. Like, tell me your spots, what you would order, what you would eat, what you would drink. Like, yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> Super non-traditional. Um, I'm normally. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really a dinner drinks kind of guy, I guess, or kind of person. The um, situation, I love a bit of fun and maybe a little bit of danger. Definitely a bit of being uncomfortable. So, like, I guess an ideal one would maybe be, like, grab some beers, go to the beach. <laughs> Dope, okay. Perfect. And, like, go for a swim in the freezing cold in the middle of winter. You know, just get a little bit uncomfortable, get a little Fuck. bit scared. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, on a beautiful Wellington windy, no, no, on a beautiful Wellington, you know, afternoon or something, go um, go to the beach, a few beers, maybe some food, bring what it are we, What are we drinking? In a reusable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are we drinking? Um, I'm a sucker for craft beer, typical Wellingtonian. Yeah. Any, um, anyone in particular? Anything? Any? I love sour beer at the moment. Okay. I've been, yeah. Um, what did I have recently? Oh, so Paradox, they have this flagon of this boysenberry sour. Okay. Oh, is it boysenberry? Blackberry, something like that, some berry. Dude, oh, that shit, it's so sour. Like, I love that sourness. Though. Nice. So the beach, yeah, yeah, the beach, yeah. I mean, it'll be nicer during summer, but hey. What are we eating with it? What are we eating? Ooh, yeah, I love bread, eh? So get a decent decent bread spread, like yeah. a few bit of hummus. Maybe I've made it myself. I like that. Bread, yeah, maybe, maybe some fruit. Mango. Mango is the shit. Something really basic, you know, something pretty, pretty basic. And then um, I, I, the company is more exciting, you know. You gotta, you don't want to focus on the restaurant or focus on the experience. You want to go and get to know them. So you take them away yes. from distraction. Of course. Hang out. I mean, that's if, <laughs> that's if you get along. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it could be really awkward. But I think that proves a point, you know. If you can hang out with them on this date in a place that's a little bit uncomfortable... And a little bit fun, you kind of, they let their guard down a little bit and you get to know them more. I think it's, that's yeah, like yeah. super, that connection is super important. You want to avoid that uh, interview sit down kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like right, this, yeah, I like yeah. this. I like this. So it's like yeah. forced dances and typical shit, you know. Overall, they had the beach, swim, mm. good sours, some bread spreads, oh, right. homemade hummus, fuck yeah. yeah connection oh, with the ocean right there. Perfect. I like this, I like this. If anybody's out there listening. And I'll catch up with Bobby. <laughs> Richard, my man, I wanted to thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for taking right. out your time. Yeah. Uh, how or what is the best way for people to reach out to you or to your business if they're interested? Um, so, yeah, so um, I guess two ways. Um, Bobby.nz or reusable.nz. And that's reusable, R-E-U-S-A-B-O-W-L.nz. All right, and for those who are not from New Zealand, don't understand NZ. NZ means N-Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Variations yeah. for uh, New Zealand. Well, I guess I'm on Instagram as well. Ricky BB. There you go. At Ricky BB. Dope. All right, guys, stay in touch. This is your host, Giovanni, hitting you up from Wellington, New Zealand. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Yeah.